This is Thursday, April 1st, and we've been talking about the higher Christian life. And today we're going to be looking at one of the more painful aspects of, of acquiring the higher Christian life, one of the prerequisites that those people who have experienced all testify to the fact that they've gone through. And that is this time of prayer and confession and self-examination, where we look at ourselves through the eyes of Christ, how he sees us, asking him to point out areas in our life and our character and our personality and just our belief system that grieve the Holy Spirit so we can confess those, repent of those, and renounce those. And rest assured, at least in my situation, this has been rather a painful process, seeing us as God sees us and not necessarily how we justify ourselves. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right in and get started. To give you an idea of how this works, if you remember in Revelation chapter 3, the Lord writes seven letters to seven churches. And in these letters, sometimes he says something good about the church, sometimes he says something not so good about the church. In two of the letters, he only had good things to say. In two of the letters, he only had bad things to say. And in the other letters, he had both good and bad. The last church age, the Laodicean church age, the church age that thought it had it all together, it's all about us, the age in which we live, the Lord only had negative things to say about this church age. And in his letter to this church age, there's a picture of who they think they are versus who God thinks they are. And he encourages them to go through a time of self-examination. Here's what he says. I know your works. This is Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse number 15, that they are neither cold nor hot, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Why? Answers that in verse 17. Because you say, this is how they viewed their spirituality, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do you not know that from God's vantage point, how he sees them, that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So what do we do? You go through a time of self-examination, a time of asking the Lord to reveal to you these areas that are offensive to him, that grieve the Holy Spirit, and you confess those, repent of those, and renounce those. Verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that your shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see, see how things really are. As we previously talked about in an earlier podcast, about the steps or the process everyone goes through to receive the higher Christian life. One of the things that we didn't talk about, one of the overlooked aspects of receiving the higher Christian life is this time of self-examination, this all-important time of self-examination, whereby we prepare ourselves for more of Him. It's like we prepare the house, we clean the house up, we ask him to do a spring cleaning in our house, actually a total renovation in our house, before we invite him to take over every aspect, every room, every square foot of our house. And the person we're asking to inhabit us, of course, to the fullest is the Holy Spirit. And since the 
primary attribute of the Holy Spirit is holiness, hence the word holy, we should expect to have a time of spiritual house cleaning before we invite our holy guest to possess us more and more. Like I've shared with you and from my own personal experience, be warned. Although the end result of this self-examination is a cleansing, it's a deeper, more passionate commitment to the Lord. It's a pleasing of the Holy Spirit. It's of a changing of our attitudes and moral understanding. It's adopting more of the mind of Christ. Although the end result of this is literally wondrous, the process can be quite painful as you and I come to grips with who we really are versus who we think we are. Who we think we are, rich, wealthy, had need of nothing and who we really are, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So let's take a moment and look into this importance of this self-examination in trying to draw closer to the Holy Spirit and experience this higher Christian life. Just so that you'll not think this is some new concept, this is pretty much what God instructed the Jews to do way back in the book of Exodus in preparation for the Passover. You know, we always think about just the Passover lamb, but there was a process they went through where they went through their house for an entire week for seven days and rid any semblance of leaven that was in their house. They looked in corners. They looked stuff that fell up under the refrigerator or under the table or behind the microwave, using our own vernacular here, looking for any any trace of leaven, because leaven always represented sin. And the idea was before you celebrated the Passover, before you sacrificed the Passover lamb, which again is a picture of Christ, that they were looking for any sin in their life. Those of the Jews who took this haphazardly, who failed to make this extensive search and removal of leaven or sin in their house or in their lives, that tolerated leaven in their home, Exodus 12, 19 says they're cut off from the congregation of Israel. And any blessing that came from celebrating the Passover, they forfeited. To the Jews, it was a very serious matter of spiritual house cleaning and removing leaven or sin from their lives. It's also a very serious matter for us today when we come, like it says in Romans 12, 1, and present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. And the living sacrifice, first and foremost, the Scripture says, is holy. We are asking him to come live in us. We are asking him literally to take our fallen, carnal, sin-saturated body and turn it into a temple of the Holy Spirit, which 1 Corinthians 6.19 says is in you. Now, if we were going to invite a very important person to come spend a weekend in our house or someone that we loved and adored a lot, the first thing we would do is we would clean the house. We would vacuum, we'd wash the clothes, we'd change the sheets, we'd prepare the best meals that we have. We would take off our just lounging clothes and put on some nice clothes worthy of the respect and honor we want to show our guest. And in much the same way, when we're asking the Holy Spirit to come into our life and take full possession of us, we have to also go through a cleansing process where we acknowledge our sin, confess our sin, repent of our sin, and then commit ourselves to a life of righteousness. 
in order for the Holy Spirit to come and take full control of us. In other words, if we have some bad habits that we know are bad habits and are sinful to the Lord and grieve the Holy Spirit and refuse to give up those bad habits, why do we expect Him to come in and do something for us that we're refusing to even acknowledge ourselves? So as we enter in this time of self-examination, and I suggest every one of you go through this and allocate a sufficient amount of time to do it. I want you to understand the process here. In the areas in which we're going to ask the Lord to examine us, you and I have got to make sure that we ask him to do the one that's examining us. In other words, in my life, I know some areas right now that I should change that are unholy in his sight, and I know that because I have a constant tension between that particular behavior or that particular sin and the resplendent glory of the Holy Spirit. And so as long as that tension is there, I'm compelled to confess that sin. But there may be some areas that I've had in the past that I refuse to confess that sin, and so therefore I've just taken that sin and and subconsciously just put it down in the abyss of my mind not to think about it anymore, and I've buried it even though it's still there. I may think it's gone, but the Lord knows it's still there. So when we're asking him to examine our life, that's exactly what we're doing. And whatever he brings up, we don't argue with him. We don't say, well, that's not really true. I don't need to forgive that person. Oh, that's not that big a deal. We're asking him to show us areas in our life that are offensive to him, and therefore we give him free reign to point those out to us. Because after all, the best one to know what's not holy in my life and your life is the Holy Spirit himself. Let me give you, in closing, just a couple areas that we need to look at during this time of self-examination. We need to ask the Lord, first and foremost, to look at our secret life. This is the life of our thoughts, our motives, our emotions, our imaginations, our desires. They're what we think in our head, even though we have this filter that doesn't let it come out of our mouth. So we're thinking evil thoughts, but we somehow filter those so that the world doesn't know what's really going on inside of us. And Jesus said, it's from the heart that defiles a man what's inside. This is the part of you that is kept hidden or repressed that only we know about it. At least we're hoping we're the only ones that know about it. But there is another who knows everything. So we need to confess the sins that he points out to us and receive the blessing of forgiveness and cleansing that he promises us. In other words, he may point out things like pride, jealousy, anger, disappointment, unfulfilled expectations. You may find that you have hidden evil thoughts about God himself. Confess those. You're you're not going to surprise him, and you'll be surprised how big his shoulders are to be able to carry your burdens. Number two, the next area we want to ask the Holy Spirit to look at is pretty much every other aspect of our life, both hidden and public, what we do in private and what everybody else sees us doing. This is our entertainment choices, our social interactions, maybe our business dealings. These are my personal habits that nobody really knows about. It's the way I manage my home, my relationship with my wife. It's relationship with my family and friends. It's it's my religious or spiritual life. It's pretty much everything that makes up my day. 
from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I have to place that all under the microscope of the Holy Spirit and his word and to see if he's pleased with how I spend my time on this earth for him. And if he's not, Lord, show me what I need to change, what I need to get rid of, what I need to reject, and I will. Number three, I need to examine my personal life. I need the Lord to show me those whom I need to forgive and also those whom I need to ask forgiveness of. I need to examine how I spend my free time, how faithful, for example, I am to the Great Commission. And if all my life conforms to the spirit of the world in which we live or the Holy Spirit, am I loving the things of the world or am I loving the Lord? And remember, 1 John 2 says this, we're to love not the world or the things of the world, the trinkets of the world, the adulation, the reputation, the wealth, the fame, the feel-good part, the ease. Love not the world or the things of the world. Why? Because the word says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, I don't love the world. I, I, I can never say that I love the world. I mean, love is a very strong word, and that particular word in that passage is agapeo. And there's no way I agapeo the world. Well, to make matters worse, James 4.4 4 says this, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world, that's not agapeo, that's filio. That's like a buddy. That's like an acquaintance. Whoever wants to be a friend of the world, something far less than love, makes himself an enemy of God. Examine your personal life. And a great way to do that is to see how much time you spend on the kingdom of God and how much time you spend building your own kingdom. Finally, fourth one, once the Lord has pointed these things out to you during your time of self-examination, this is the time that you're looking at the things that grieve the Holy Spirit and it's time for you to take matters into your own hands You need to confess them one by one. You need to agree with God that these are wrong. Not that, well, he doesn't want me to do it, but I don't really see that big deal in him. Agree with God that these are wrong. And then repent of them. I am so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, Holy Spirit, that I've chosen something so trivial, so meaningless, so harmful to you that has grieved you and I haven't even cared. Renounce them from this day forward. I will never participate in that again. I will never embrace that again. I will never have those friends again. Whatever he calls you to do. And then once you repent of them and renounce them after confessing them, then breathe in and receive the joy of forgiveness and restoration that comes from him as you prepare yourself to embrace the Holy Spirit in ways that you can't imagine. And I'm telling you, be blessed, because once you go through this process, you'll be surprised at how easy and quickly the Holy Spirit will make himself more known to you. I hope this has been a blessing to you. There's so much more we're going to talk about, and there's so much more the Lord has in store for you if you will simply prepare yourself to receive it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Until then.